0: Dan said one time, or I, or maybe he didn't, but this is how I remember it. As it was, <laughs> it was like, look, we're we're not we're not a good country band. We're a shitty R and B band, and we're a shitty ska <laughs> band. You know? But or, or but what we do is we we know we're we're a good you know, pain band. We love this music and we know what we are talking about. We've got
1: opinions. And-
2: Welcome to Horn Pod, a ska podcast. I'm JJ
1: Loy and I'm joined by as always Mr. MA Double Tizzy Matt Witson himself. That's me from Detroit, from the internet. Man, welcome to Horn Pod. Oh, hey JJ, uh, it's it's nice, it's nice to talk to you again. It is nice. I've been very busy. I didn't even notice that we took a little while off to be honest. <laughs> Because I have I feel like I haven't taken a little while off of anything in a long time. But it's nice, yeah, it's nice it's nice to be with you again.
2: Yeah, it's nice, man. It's nice
1: to talk to Ska.
2: I tell you what, uh just, just getting ready for this episode, I've been listening to not to spoil anything, some really heavy fucking music this past week. And I'm not <laughs> sure uh it's really like been in keeping with like the the, the mood i've been in or, or how it's affected my mood necessarily i don't know uh you've you've been listening to a lot of the, the same stuff uh would you say that this is um the kind of the kind of stuff that you've been wanting to hear uh that you've been in the mood to be hearing?
1: i mean you're you're being even too vague for me to understand whether you're talking about our guests or about the Scott cannon i, th- I think a little bit of both i i okay. I'm telling okay. You, uh, I mean, yeah, I've been I've been listening to a lot of the same uh, handful of bands as you, uh, the past couple of days, week or so, and yeah, it's definitely got me in a different headspace. I think because it's <laughs> it's a, a couple of bands I don't that both I listened to a ton of a long time ago, but that I just don't they're not in the rotation really much. But I'm back into it. I'm, I'm reacquainting myself. It's interesting to hear it some of this stuff especially like with the distance from like I know why I connected to this when I was 19 and you know I I feel like I've
2: been plugged into kind of a youthful kind of energy that I wasn't that I wasn't quite ready for that my my (laughs) middle-aged brain wasn't quite ready for this week you just feel like I think that's what I'm getting at yeah you're just on a sugar
1: (laughs) high or something
2: like like my heart's beating a little harder yeah So yeah, yeah, this this week uh, this week kind of took me by surprise. Getting into, I guess I'll just go ahead and say it now because we're about to introduce them. Our special guest, uh, the band Pain, aka Salvo. I guess I guess that's how we're doing it. I don't know. Formerly
1: S- Salvo, formerly F- Pain. Salvo FKA Pain.
3: <laughs> is that is that the right way to say this? Let, let's let's that's start it here. Is. It is confusing. It is confusing. Um, I, but yeah, I would say um, it's more like the the second one you said.
1: Yeah, like it's because I caught myself. I'm like, it's not really that you're former members of a band, it's that your band was formerly pain.
0: That's yeah, Uh, right, right. Yeah,
3: Yeah. I mean, it's it's a little um, some of it we we felt we it wasn't right to continue on as pain just because um, the original bass player, Mark Millowitz, um, he could not be a part of it, and so um. And right. so it just didn't seem right, you know? Um, and so that was, that was one of the reasons behind saying, let's just go with Salvo. And then Adam and I hoped that by going with Salvo, that would also give us kind of a, an, a license to branch off into new things, as well as continue doing pain type stuff, you know?
1: Welcome, and thank you guys for being here. Uh, we're talking with Adam Guthrie and Dan Lord of the band Salvo, formerly of the band Pain.
2: Is it ever like the kind of thing where you can never really shed the name pain though? Do you have to, do you still have to kind of carry that around?
3: Yeah, but you know, that's not, that's not a bad thing at all. I mean, you know, that's, that's a good thing. We're very proud of what we did in pain. We're very happy with it and we still play pain songs at Salvo shows.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. They're they're our best covers.
1: start like the the very beginning you guys pain as a band you formed in 94 was that correct
0: i met dan i think 90 We i formed the band but i think we met what 92 93 dan something like that i want to
3: say 93
0: 93 okay yeah yeah
1: what was the the impetus behind the band at first was it just uh one guy's got songs and you're figuring them out or like did you have something in mind when you started working on stuff together
3: I, I suppose that we would have to go back even before the fateful meeting between Ooh. Adam Adam and I at Blockbuster Video. Um, even yeah. before that, like like <laughs> like preceding Adam Guthrie, there was it was Mark and I. Mark, who who is better known probably as Pose, and Pose yeah. and I were friends all through high school, and, and we kicked around the idea. And, and, but at some point he and I started talking music and, and we started kicking around the idea of a band, but it wouldn't be until, gosh, until the very, very early nineties that it was actually time to go do it. I just, I took my, my keyboard and, and I had this gigantic dinosaur of a, of a Yamaha, no, was it a PV, a PV amp, and put it in the back of my car with like a couple of shoes and some jeans or something. And I don't know, a toothbrush. <laughs> and in my, the back of my, big gigantic Chevrolet Impala and I just drove to where Pose was living um, further north in the state of Alabama and he and I just got started. We, we He had songs, I had songs and uh, we started putting it all together but it really didn't take off until we were in Tuscaloosa and I met Adam. Adam sealed it. Adam is the one who from that point on now it was a band.
1: For those listening, uh, Adam waved a hand when his <laughs> when he was named in that story. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah, that's that's pretty much, I, I met Dan and, uh, and uh, hit it off pretty well. And I was thrown into a world that um, I admit I was somewhat, I guess think any, anybody joined, joined pain was, it was unfamiliar territory, you know, with the exception of certain roots that went back and certain liked interests and stuff. Because I'd never heard music like this before. I don't think any of us had heard stuff like this before. And uh, I still feel that way.
3: I feel
2: like (laughs) when people talk about the 90s, Rock stuff that a lot of um, air gets taken out by by the word grunge, but I think before that everybody was talking about kind of alternative, and I feel like yeah, that's more like yeah, the yeah. kind of um, that kind of college eclectic. So you like, know, I, what, what... I
3: still use that word actually. I, I wish I, I wish people still used it more because it means a lot to me and to Adam. <laughs> well, yeah, um, it it says a lot, it, and it come it. In- encompasses a very wide range of things that's what's so nice about it i was gonna say you don't you don't really see a lot of bands just like no we are confidently alternative
1: and and it does describe something that and it can still describe something and i think it's a perfectly
3: reasonable thing to describe the music of salvo for instance i i think i think so too i i just remember that um when the term was really in its infancy that it 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 pointed the listener to something outside the usual um, pop radio stuff. All kinds of really cool stuff that a lot of people really liked, but couldn't get anywhere else other than either you go down to the record store or you hear it on some pirate radio station or college radio station. And that, and that itself formed a little culture. Yeah. Yeah. And it was kind so- of
1: a, and it was like a, a common ground where, anybody could be in the same space with different kind of sounding bands and bouncing yeah. musical ideas off of each other and influencing one another and exposing their fans to one another. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yet you definitely, like,
3: I think that that's almost completely gone in underground it, music it, now. It, it, well, I, I, I was about Honestly. to say something like, like that, but then I thought, wait, do I just sound like a big old fuddy duddy? If I say that, mm-hmm. I mean, Uh, But we're all uh, out of touch here. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, maybe there is some (laughs) place where 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 the younger people are going now. And and that's but I I don't know. Maybe that's just Spotify now. I,
2: I don't know. I don't know anymore. Right. Well, I think hidden from us, yeah. I,
3: I think right. I think a young person's
1: a younger person than me because I'm in my late 30s uh, would probably respond that like hyperpop, which is uh, this new eclectic version of you can do literally anything you want with a computer, so why limit yourself?
3: Uh, right, has, that's has, that's has, a big has, game changer.
1: Has it's bred this new kind of blanket of hyperpop that can be expressed as ballads or as ska punk or okay. like anything in between, and it's more about the approach. And I don't know, even kind of the aesthetic more than yeah. the actual, like, rhythmic uh, definition of a genre or anything like
3: that. Okay. Mm. Uh, right. Okay. Huh. Yeah. That that does sound like the heir apparent to alternative, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm trying to stay hip, too, man. <laughs> ah, thank goodness. So, so we are relevant, then. I don't know. Maybe.
2: <laughs> Proven. <laughs> so no, here's so, another okay. word. I remember hearing they might be giants, uh, talking about how they they almost have to carry around this this term of quirky. And uh, uh, listening <laughs> to your early stuff, I was like, oh man, I keep hitting this word quirky, and I bet you guys hear that a lot too. Oh yes, um, yes we do. How much do you hate quirky? Oh, I don't hate
3: quirky. I don't own don't quirky. quirky. Okay, I I I embrace I eat quirky. One. Yeah, yeah. I I I I don't mind it at all. Right, just like Adam said, embrace it. All yeah. right, well, how
2: about this one?
3: sky <laughs> I it, have made made my piece. More upbeats. It would be more, <laughs> up, more, more,
0: more upstrokes.
3: <laughs> you know, I I think you were the you fellas sent the quote to us. You emailed the quote. But yeah, from hold it off something. Wikipedia. Yeah. That's right, from Wikipedia. <laughs> and and now when I when I read it, I'm just like, what it what a dickhead. <laughs> I sound I I mean it sounds it sounds like I'm really angry and I'm just I'm not. I'm really I wasn't well, even then I really wasn't angry about it. I so I hope nobody thinks that. I, I just 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 so we have it on the record. Here's yeah, what's the, the,
0: here's the
1: quote? the quote. Here's the quote. Mm-hmm. There there are a lot of styles we emulate, and ain't none of them from the <laughs> island of Jamaica. So please. See? Please. That's <laughs> unless you're having some fun with us. Don't call us a ska band.
3: You know what? You know what I hate most is it sounds like I hate Jamaica.
1: Don't mind Jamaica.
3: I read it as someone who
1: I hope who, no. who knows what Jamaican music is and know that knows that he doesn't play it. That sounds to me like That's someone that, that, well. that okay, okay, that good. understands Jamaican music more than people
3: who call you a ska band. so i respect just for just for a second i felt a little bit like like donald trump when he's talking about all those shithole african countries you know (laughs) Uh, i don't know i do not feel that way about jamaica
1: (laughs) all right so we brought you here dan to find out why you refuse to play jamaican
3: music <laughs> um, I, I, honestly, it really was. I was trying to express really mm-hmm. what I was saying is that I, I love all kinds of music, and I like ska. There, there are, are items from the ska world that I enjoy that I like. Um, it, it's just it was never really an influence on me,
0: you know. Adam, sure. it wasn't on you either, was it? I was Metallica. I mean, I look at our, right. I look at our, some of our songs that might come close to that. I thought yeah. I played more like James Hetfield. <laughs> and uh, i can't help that for me to switch it up would have been odd
1: no one's asking <laughs> you to stop
3: okay <laughs> <laughs> and, and and i'll have everyone know soul asylum and prince you can hear all those things oh yeah. adam's
0: playing oh yeah that and the voice and the dancing <laughs>
2: <laughs> one of the things that we're always kind of talking about on this show is just how how the the third wave of sky was just very kitchen sink in its genre mixing anyway and you guys yeah. seem to have a lot of that just minus that minus that the ska. element you know and so i imagine you guys with your with your theatrics and your eclectic kind of style mashing and then of course like just even having a horn section like you did encounter the third wave of ska oh yeah quite a
0: bit yeah in your in your early days right yeah. oh yeah there's songs that we have that would there's 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 spots i mean golly sure. we played with 80 percent of our touring bands we played with were some sort of scott punk or, or straight up yeah. i mean, who, are, who are some? I of believe the i heard you say
2: road pick road. it up at some point <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> like who are some of the scott bands that you are you're sharing uh stages with in like the 90s
0: mm, let's see hey, i don't know anybody's name i'm such a poser but i really don't know any band that we played with <laughs> Um, i went straight to country after that so (laughs)
3: okay what what about (laughs) (laughs)
0: hey
3: i remember less than jake okay yeah and and uh, oh my gosh oh they did a cover of um come on eileen not less than jake who who did that that's it say ferris i'm sorry thank you say ferris if you're listening i'm so sorry for forgetting (laughs) momentarily it's just because i'm old so it's just that um Say Ferris, I remember Less Than Jake. Um, but we also got um, mixed in a lot with, um, you know, because those were the days when there was the big, big swing revival. And so, like, Cherry wow. Pop and Daddies and, 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 and bands like that, we often got mixed in with them because we had a horn section, you know? Interesting. And, um, and so, uh, and that, that was always fun, too. I always liked that movement, you know?
1: Yeah. Well, it's weird that, like, I, I think that if you took – parts of less than jake's like large punk parts of less than jake's catalog Mm -hmm. and large parts of cherry pop and daddy's catalog without the swing stuff and the ska stuff that define either of those bands Mm -hmm. the stuff that's neither the genre stuff meets like perfectly with the sound of pain or
3: salvo now (laughs) right right
0: I yeah. Sitting at a party, and I heard the Boston's for the first time, mm. and uh, I don't know how long they've been a long now, but that's the first time I heard them. I thought, "Wow, hey, that sounds familiar." <laughs>
3: <laughs> Which it
0: was. I know they get it from us, but I thought we can do that. <laughs> I thought, okay, there's something, there's some like-mindedness here. You know, there's something here that that makes sense to me. Right.
2: Was there ever a temptation in that, like? peak that manic peak of like what 96 97 swing and sky you could say to where you guys thought like maybe we should jump on the bandwagon slap the word on maybe
3: we should buy some checkerboard sunglasses right right, right. you Was know ever can, that temptation I, I can proudly honestly say i don't even think i even experienced the temptation um damn i, I, I just I, I i've heard bands do that and do it effectively i mean in other words bands that sounded like something and then change to something else. And I'm not talking about Madonna reinventing herself. I mean, like, um, like Blur. Do you remember the band Blur? Like yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they, they were doing this this uh, Manchester thing when they first started. That was very groovy. And then the next thing I know, they've got this gigantic hit with, oh, uh, uh, you know, song the number song. two. Yeah. Yeah, that one, which which I mean, the key word is grunge. They they heard grunge and they said, Well, we're just gonna do that. And right. and and I just thought to myself, wow, they did it. They did it effectively. It was good. I don't, I don't <laughs> resent it at all. It was really, it was cool. But yeah. I just I couldn't see myself for me personally, I couldn't see myself thinking that way, you know. I I, I know for me and and I know that pose was the same way that we had our own song ideas and those are the ones we wanted to go after, you know, uh, you, don't, you, know you don't
1: have to be like, you, you can just be like, yeah, I, I, w- I stayed, I stayed weird and I, I stayed quirky and, and, <laughs> right, and right. didn't, didn't give in to the Hawaiian shirts. Uh,
3: right. Right. Well, you know, I, and I would like to think that that also was, was what was on my mind and Adam's mind when we decided to even, Go with salvo, you know. We we just wanted to be true to ourselves, you know. Right.
1: Well, at the point in like the late 90s, uh, I understand you're like, you've had like major label interests and in all that. Mm-hmm. Was there a point where this was about to be like a career for you maybe?
3: It was, it was at that point. So of course, naturally, that's when I flaked out. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. like, a, at, like a true legend, man. At, the, at that key moment in human history, that's when I said, <laughs> well, I'm leading.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it was a hard push to get there though. We'd been together in a van on a $5 to a blanket tour you know, for years and years. Yeah. And- yeah, we were close we were close and then uh but yeah we had majorly we had interest we had ice tea's manager um <laughs> dan impose uh, that's one of the, my, adam's yeah.
1: favorite
3: recollections
1: but you yeah, said oh my god! You, you said the manager of ice tea
3: yeah. yeah okay yeah i just is, wanted to make sure <laughs> i heard you correctly <laughs> ice
0: tea and uh once Thank
3: again, you. another influence.
0: <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> it's true. That is true. Yeah,
2: body count was mixed in genres, you know. That,
3: that's right.
0: <laughs> we went we went to meet those that guy. And uh he was yeah, I liked the guy a lot. And uh and I was a fly on the wall, and Dan and Pose were dealing with the business. He was talking to him in all his office, and I'm sitting in the, in the back of the, the, the room, and and the guy screams to his assistant, or just just asks his assistant loudly in the other room, what time does Ice have to be on the set of Roseanne? <laughs> yeah. and i'm sure i saw the people <laughs> together Dan and brother, that straight poker face not, not budget i started laughing i said i'm sorry you know just, maybe it's because i'm from alabama but <laughs> a lot of mornings i don't wake up and hear what time does ice have to be able to set a roseanne right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well i knew we totally made it then
1: so, <laughs>
2: yeah
3: oh yeah we have arrived you kind of
0: yeah, made me fun. think
2: like so, so a lot of the bands in the 90s like the 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 prize was can we make it you know it sounds like you uh maybe got a little freaked out by the the prospects of
3: making it mm, uh no no uh adam should should i go ahead and just
0: just, just go with it here uh, yeah, go right ahead buddy i'm still trying to i've been uh, making uh, up toys for years so i'd like uh, I'd, I'd right, right. <laughs>
1: Wait, before we go into this, I just want to, I've heard both the words uh, theologian and monk. Mm-hmm. And I want to know which you, which of the two you prefer, or if it's I, I
3: also don't.
2: heard that this story is make-believe.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but... well, <you>
0: know, <laughs> no, there's some truth to it. Everything's got a little bit of truth to it, you know, but uh, there's a lot of embarrassment as well. You know. This is so vague.
3: This is so it's vague. Whatever you want to tell. Right. It. I'm the only
0: one talking about this. It didn't happen to me. Yeah.
3: I, <laughs> I, I'm really I'm delighting in how nebulous this conversation has become now.
1: Honestly, so am I. So let's just revel in it.
3: Um, okay. So then all right, so the short version here, and it's it's not it's not false, it's not a myth. <laughs> <laughs> is uh is that I Dan Lord uh felt very strongly called to um, perhaps maybe become a a monk or a, like a brother or a priest or do something basically just like exit the world um and it wasn't a negative thing it wasn't like oh no I, i'm like doing lines of cocaine every day and pain and my life is in, in a toilet it, it, it wasn't was, like that it wasn't a lindsey lohan <clears throat> right no 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 it was like <laughs> uh, r- frankly the th- the band, I mean, warts and all, the band was doing well and, and we had lots of prospects and things were going well. But I, I felt strongly that I was being called to go do something else, um, to, do, to do something outside the world and in some way serve God, right? And so I, I talked to Mark Millowitz about it. And we uh, eventually had a conversation with the, we also let the rest of the band know eventually. And, um, and then I, I myself headed off to go and, uh, to go and explore this possible path. And it led me in a lot of good directions. It really did. It led me in a lot of good directions. You know, a couple of years ago, um, Adam's beautiful wife, uh, Rebecca, actually made a documentary about, about us. You know, here we are, the middle-aged guys, uh, trying to put together the band again and set off in this new direction. It's a good thing she made this documentary, or I would have forgotten I said this. I was reflecting on how I think by going outside of myself and looking for something bigger than me, it made me able to come back to music and be a a, a better person, you know, someone, a better musician, someone who could look at music as something that was more like an act of service, you know what I mean? Something that, I, I Adam and I have been given the gift to do that we can do for other people rather than it being a tool of self-aggrandizement, you know brand new year I am, back in music. Well, what brings you back to it? You know, to tell you the truth, um, I was like late 2019, right, Adam? Yeah. Where where I I contacted Adam and and we were were talking and and I just, I tried to express then that I, just like I felt called to do the other thing, I was feeling very strongly called to go Mm. back to music. Very strongly called. And that doesn't mean that we're all going to become famous and wealthy now. That's not what that means. It just means that's what I feel called to do. And I feel good about it. And I'm I, I'm ready for it, you know? Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was like, 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 like it's time to, it's
1: time to get back to everybody and everything.
0: It was, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was, it was real joy, man. <laughs> it, was, it was great to say, Dan says, I have these songs that sound like pain songs. They don't sound like, like solo songs of Dan Lord or solo Adam Guthrie songs or solo this and that. They sound like they should be made by us again. And uh, and, um, called the guys and assembled who we could and uh, have some new faces and got just really, really happy to do it again.
3: I I, I spent some time with it and reflected on it and it didn't seem like some kind of, um, oh, some kind of impulsive thing. Right. Um, It was it was weighed carefully. And I just see I saw so much merit in it then and now a couple of years later, I'm just convinced uh, Adam and I are just. We both feel like we're just operating on all cylinders and everything feels so good. And that we have so many wonderful people, fans, but also just people within the industry who are just cheering us on and helping every way. It just feels right.
1: Yeah. Well, part of, uh, part of the documentary also um, shows what I believe was your first show back. Hmm. Uh, right. And the audience is younger than me, for sure. Uh, and like they're, they look, it's like a bunch of, it looks like a bunch of people in their twenties. Yeah. That was amazing to me.
3: Yeah. It really, really is, uh, how, how youthful, uh, some of the demographic was in the audience. It wasn't just a bunch of, you know, middle-aged guys from the way back. I mean, it was, (laughs) it was a whole range of ages. Uh, It's amazing.
0: There were guys there that have covered our music. I remember giving one of them a shout out. And uh, I was so happy. I, I I think I chased that guy down to this town I lived in one time. That's how. <laughs> he's like he's got a pain steward. That looks great. I need to meet this guy. Yeah. <laughs> I, became, I became a stalker. I, I'll put it this way, guys. I, I, I just I I was about done with music, and but I had no other prospects of what I was going to do with my life. And Dan called me, and and it just put me. I I haven't felt this right since pain. Honestly, I've tried other genres and other stuff and uh written a lot of songs and got better at it but uh it came out it came out at the right time it couldn't have been a better time i met him a- again and uh met other important people in my life and uh get to see the guys we played with again it's just wonderful i yeah.
2: heard that uh right before you guys quit as pain you kind of laid a little groundwork for the next generation of fans and you didn't even realize that it was kind of picking up steam
0: yeah.
3: Me and my friends get no respect. What does Scooby do that we neglect? We be putting no
0: Yeah, Jabberjaw, yeah. <laughs> we were in we were in LA and yeah, we we end up playing uh we ended up recording in the in Wetumpka, Alabama. And uh Dan had the the joy of of working with Cartoon Network, That supervises his, his lyrical prowess and uh, <laughs> I just remember Dan. I remember you talking, going like, "Oh my god!" Because so, <laughs> Dan's really—I mean, they told us he had to write a song about a minute and forty-eight seconds or something like that, right? And you did, yeah, yeah. I was—I was really impressed by that, man. Um, we did the song, we recorded it, and we never played it. And we didn't have cable, and we were on a definite hiatus. And I was at somebody's house. I woke up, and there they they were the animated video of Jabberger I was playing on on Cartoon Network, uh, and thought, uh, so, "Ha." Huh. There you go. All right. And uh, <laughs> but it could like 15 years later, 18 years later, so that people grew up on that song I had no idea. <laughs> Not one idea, you know, no idea about it. <laughs> so to this day, I don't understand why that song, I get that was an introduction to Usher, but just why they liked that song so much. I, I love the song. I, I love that uh, Scott 2 Network, that Jared guys uh, covered it. And yeah. I, I may prefer their version. <laughs> um, so, it's, it's such a fresh take i mean it's it's a scoff version or a scoff punk version of our song but i i would not have envisioned that way i think that it sounds so cool and uh and they play it so well that uh you know,
3: I, you know i almost always think my songs would be better if they were done by somebody else
1: <laughs> honestly i think that there's a lot of i think that there's a great yeah. humility in a songwriter to acknowledge that Oh my
3: gosh. And, and could somebody else please sing them? Because I I, I'm horrible. And,
1: and, and I don't, I don't want to take anything away from you because I think that your voice perfectly suits your music, Dan, but I think that your songs also do would lend themselves to any genre of cover just because like anybody can kind of bring themselves to your songs. They're
3: well, um, uh, uh, honestly, I, I, I can't wait for everybody to hear the new Salvo album because, um, Adam Guthrie. Before it, I was doing the majority of songs, but on this one, on the new one, it's half and half, right? Adam's doing half the songs, and he he just kills it. Adam is at at a whole new level of his of his songwriting game, and the stuff that he's put on this new album is fantastic. It's just it's just beautiful. It's it's really 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 good. I, I can't wait for you to hear what Adam has done on this new album.
0: Oh, it drops it in a few weeks, right? August 24th. Yeah, it'll wow. be straight the 26th, the pre-orders. Everything picks up uh, the 24th, and the vinyl will be out uh, a few months later. It'll oh, cool. Well. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Once in a lifetime, crime of the century. When captured in a bottle.
0: Record, I mean, yeah. So oh, now you yeah. just these nice things about us. So now I'm going to scare everybody away by saying <laughs> there's, a, there's a concept. There's a there's a there's a a, a thread. There's a storyline to it.
1: I dig yeah, it. Yeah. I love a. Concept. Are there
0: robots? <laughs> yeah, I thought so until I read the lyrics better. um <laughs> I really our first song's called Anything Can Happen Day, and uh Dan, I really thought until I saw the lyric video for Anything Can Happen Day, I really thought you were talking about silver robots, and I apologize. It's a silver. <laughs> it's okay. Robot. It's all right. It's all right. Yeah. But I was so happy about that, you know?
3: I can't believe I called it.
0: <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I'm in the band and I say that. So, um. <laughs> yeah, you know,
3: back, back in pain days, a lot of a lot of the stuff from from the pain, uh, from the pain catalog is there's a lot of story songs in there. Um, uh-huh. we, we, we've all we've always liked story stuff. And so it just seemed natural to make an album that is kind of the whole thing is a story, you know, uh, and then interspersed with all these little stories. And so that's, I yeah. guess that's what makes it a concept album.
0: Yeah. Okay. I mean, the songs are standalone. You don't have to know the story to hear the songs. And they're, yeah, you know, they're, they're straight up, you know, as far as trying to live up to certain things. I think, Dan, I think agrees with, as long as we don't sound old and slow, like we, like we can't keep up or we, or we just, <laughs> but if, yeah. if we write songs, the tempo has changed or there's, there's more instrumentation, there's more instruments going on. The arrangements have gotten, you know, just grander and stuff. Yeah. That's just, kind of an evolution i think of where we were headed anyway
1: right it to Um, me it sounds like a just like a a lusher pain
0: hmm, wow Um, okay
1: if that like if that seemed if that's fair um
3: yeah that sounds fair i mean i I remember on the the first salvo album um we, we made a couple of conscious attempts to to create very pain sounding songs and we, we kind of wanted to do it as a nod to Pain fans. Say, look, we can still do that. And here it is. But also, here's all this other stuff that, that we feel branches off a little bit. You know, what's nice about this new album is that uh, we f- kind of feel like the bridge has already been made. So we're very comfortably just making Salvo songs. It's a concept
2: record. So you're over the wall. You, you're yeah, comfortably yeah. numb.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs>
3: Yeah, <laughs> yes, okay.
0: <laughs> we'll have, I guess by the time this airs, we should have three three singles out for The Traveler. And I would say those three songs Anything Can Happen Day, Crime of the Century. Crime of the Century is a video out right now for it. That's really cool. Yeah. And uh, there's some Mighty Old Man that uh, may have one coming out soon as well. We hope that those three songs, I think, would be a nice just example kind of of, of what the album sounds like
3: yeah
0: yeah uh, it's a good representation of so they always that sounds like one of the best pain songs that we've ever done this sounds like what, this is exactly what the band needs to sound like right over here yeah you know? yeah
3: yeah it's it sounds it, any any pain fan would be very happy with any of those three singles that adam just just For mentioned sure. you know I, I i think that but also i think um i think anybody would like them i think
0: I hope. yeah Oh, we hope so.
3: of the century
1: in my research, I read just oh like a whisper of a, a story about an interaction kind of indirectly between your band and the band train.
0: Oh crap. <laughs> yeah. Well that was a that's an example of when um I wish we'd had a manager, you know, because <laughs> they had one and that's why our set got cut. And uh, um several of us, including myself, were very displeased about that. Well, like what
1: what's what was the whole story though? What happened?
0: We played um at, uh we played a festival and we'd asked this festival. It was the same group of people that if we it played c- City Stages, of, right? The city stages, if we played out of state. We used to play it on the main headlining major, you know, label stage and all that stuff. But because of where we were in Alabama, we played on the local stage and said that's fine. And but just don't I'd rather not be I'd rather be on any other stage but this one because we're gonna headline it or we're gonna get cut. Sure enough, we play for 20 minutes and the power gets cut. And the story I heard was that trade manager had a guy by the throat, you know, holding him up, telling him to pull the plug. I don't know if that part's true, but that's what we were told, which was a stupid thing to tell a band that's coming off hot. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. so trade may be the best guys in the world, put the best songs, but that day, you know, they, they have no idea it happened. I'm sure, you know, right, right. But, it um, was just
1: somebody else handling business for him.
0: A mutual friend of, of, of our band, well, talked to their, he knew their manager and talked to him and the, it's like God. I love to hire that guy just to fire him, you know. Uh, that but... manager, Suge Knight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <That's hard. laughs> so, yeah.
3: And just just to add a little a little more color to the story, um, I don't know how many people it was, but it seemed like it was just. It was our trail. It was thousands. all the way back. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it was thousands of people. All these You were people.
1: about to have one of the nights of your life.
3: It was It was going so well. We were, we were playing all these songs. And evidently, the problem was that just because of slightly overlapping schedules, Train was setting up over on their stage, but nobody was going over there because they were over on our stage.
0: Everybody was at
3: our stage.
0: <laughs> Which, and of course, fill, fills me
3: fills me with all kinds of glee to think about, but yeah. um, so there we were, we're having a wonderful time and everything's going great. We weren't thinking, boy, let's really screw over train. That wasn't unlike even in the farthest corner of our mind, we're just doing what we do, you know? And, uh, but, but, but trains um, entourage was getting very agitated about it because they wanted people to go ahead and begin assembling in front of the, of the train stage. And so uh, that's when they sent over their thugs to like whatever, Beat people up.
0: And, and, rough for guys I have to intimidate them, which is what yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah. you right. And,
3: right. Uh, yeah. And a, a
0: little little bit, bit like train unlike Terrain,
2: got to where they are through intimidation.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like that.
2: Yeah, oh, so that's what I'm. Yeah, that's <laughs> right.
0: I, I, I probably remember like, a dad Look, thinking, Look here, motherfucker! <laughs> <laughs> drops, <laughs> drops
1: of
3: fucking Jupiter.
0: <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's a catchy tune. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, anyway,
3: they they pull the plug on our show, and 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 there you could hear just this massive <laughs> groaning sound from from
0: the crowd. You know, as
3: it, when it happened, and and it got very tense. Just for a little
0: bit. And I, I remember. We went over there. We went over there. The four of us went over there. To uh, them. Right, yeah. right. We yeah, very right. upset. And then, of course, it just ended with the name calling. But, uh, you know. But-
3: I'd I, I like to say that I did not go.
0: I did. It was a it was a trombonist and a drummer. And I know the three of us went over there. And the thing is, it was funny. Now, what's funny is that Brady <laughs> walks off the stage and uh they don't know what's happened. I'm sure they don't, you know, but I uh, the and our drummer yells, man, that shit was weak. And uh <laughs> and they look at us, like, what are you talking about? You know, they have no idea what's happening. None at all. None at all. <laughs> but uh, but we didn't know that. You, I mean, they, they you guys are it. just no backstage
1: problem. shit-talking trade to their face, and they have yeah. no idea why. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I'm thinking.
0: That's looking back, that's probably what happened. They, they may have known, but I mean, either way, it was, just, yeah. it was such a weird, random thing to say to somebody that's done nothing to provoke you, you know? Right. They had just
3: been released from their air-conditioned pods, and they yeah. step out, you know, and they've got, like, <laughs> like got bottle, bottles of, 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 of you know, artesian water in their hand, yeah. and then... Here comes a couple of members from some scruffy half ass band <laughs> to tell them that they suck.
1: Pat <laughs> Monahan, Monahan just got out of hair and makeup.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's what I'm proud of, but it did happen. I mean, it, that did. Happen. It's all right. Oh, yeah. You represented,
3: my man. You represented. It was
0: good. <laughs> sad. Yeah. Yeah. But that's all. Well, I forgot. I really got heated about that. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, guys. Doubt.
1: I'm glad I brought it up. Yeah, Oh, yeah. Sure. yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah I'm sweating now. Bad um, all over. Yeah. Wow. That's uh, something else. I haven't, I haven't worried about that for so long. I've just missed <laughs> that for so many years. And, yeah. Well, you know, there you go.
3: He wakes up one rainy day when anything can happen. Makes a quick assessment of his belly. You yeah, guys, I don't want
2: to gush too much, but like honestly, yeah. I didn't. I didn't really know you guys at all before this. Uh, I, I, like I said, I did the deep dive. I got into the early stuff. I, I played it all in order. I, I got way into it. <laughs> wow, um, I good. am telling you, I don't know why no one recommend didn't recommend you guys to me earlier. I don't know if I just like wasn't listening, if I just missed your name, or or, or what the fuck was going on. But <laughs> I wish that I had known you guys for years now. Like. You, you remind me of some of my favorite bands, and oh. um and you're, you're but yet yeah, you guys are totally unique. I, I, I really I slept on you guys, Blind Spot, Guilty, <laughs> uh, and, and anybody cool. listening out there that has similar tastes to me, like, get the fuck out here, listen to Pain, listen to Salvo, like, get on this shit, like, especially new new stuff coming out, get on it. Yeah. Well, yeah, I was the gonna say, like,
0: <laughs> Traveler, the Tra- Travelers album that comes out on August 24th, and that awesome. uh, stuff.
1: Hey, man, I just want to tell you guys both. I mean, I know JJ is, was brand new to you guys. I only, I had the Full Speed Ahead record and listened the hell out of it. Oh, uh, wow. Thanks, like 20, 20 something years ago. But then never, for whatever reason, I never got deeper into it. I never saw you live at the time. Yeah. Uh, and then so like ever since uh, Matt Flood from his Bestest Records uh, got, yeah. got us in touch. Uh, shout out, Matt. By the record Real. from asbestos, oh, obviously. Um yeah, ever since he got us in touch, uh I've obviously I've, I've been spending a lot of time with your entire discography, uh, like JJ has. And so there's been there's like this pocket of songs that's super familiar and like nostalgic to me. And then yeah. on a bunch more that is like, oh man, like I get to experience all this for the first time and I still appreciate it. Oh, and dude. And it's, it's a very surreal feeling because like I was, I'm like I said, late thirties now. And that music, I don't think was directed for people in their late thirties, but in my late thirties now, I'm like, Oh God, I, I hear what they're doing and I still appreciate it both on the level of like hearing it through like my ears. That was like a fan of pain 20 years ago, uh, but also like everything I've like I've become a songwriter since and I've I've toured the country since and like I've had all these experiences that inform my music uh like the way I hear music and yeah yeah and it's still like you guys don't sound like a different band in like the best possible way yeah, no, <laughs> no. cool, and, cool, and it good. and it doesn't you don't sound like a band that can like it doesn't seem like a band that you can grow out of because it's not you're, It's not like of a time. You have a a timelessness yeah. to those old songs, too. Wow. Which is oh, kind of goodness. amazing.
3: That's that's really, um, I'm kind of dumbstruck, actually. Thank you. People <laughs>
0: tell awesome. Speed Ahead was my favorite album we ever did. I had the most fun recording that. Those were a few times were fun. And I think good, actually, they, they, they were kind of equal. And, um, yeah, yeah. They,
1: that's what yeah. I meant to say. Was after I was listening to everything else, I'm like, "This is way worse than Full Speed Ahead."
0: <laughs> <laughs> I just dropped my mic! I said a mic drop right there.
1: Yeah. That's what I meant.
0: To say. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, so it's well. So I it's,
2: think it's, we'd like to extend an honorary uh, ska band status to you guys too,
1: if you. If <laughs> we, have, we we <laughs> we happily accept. Absolutely. Okay, <laughs> okay so if we can. That's interesting, JJ. We can bestow ska status upon a band that nobody believes is ska. <laughs> you know, this is a lot. This is a them. lot of.
3: This is a lot of power for us. And I. It's kind of. I accept. It, I, it's kind of like the knighthood for Elton John. Yeah, kind of.
1: All right. So, uh, this, this is going to be weird for the listeners, but Dan, Adam, uh, kneel before us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let me let me find here. I've got this trombone here. <laughs> trombone yes i'm gonna knight you no, <laughs> <laughs> no for, thank you thank you guys so much for real for uh for coming along for for telling your not ska story on our ska podcast because you guys have such, <laughs> such because for i real. feel like we I, I feel like we're all kindred spirits here and it's yeah yeah it's, man yeah. it's so it's so great that matt flood uh an old friend of mine is releasing yeah. a record for you um and also uh, as best yeah. as records is a place that has had like re-releases of old ska records but they've also <laughs> done uh, a re-release of like a they might be giants record so, yes like, th- that seems like the label to find like more fans for your band
3: I, I yeah we we hope so we do hope so we 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 have a lot of really good fans now but there there are there are lots of people who were Pain fans who don't realize that we're here so hopefully we can reach them too Oh, crazy. I hope so
1: too, because I mean, I'm, we've already said this half a dozen times, but if you were a pain fan, then you're a pain fan. Now, whether or not you remember, like get back into it. Come on. <laughs> you're a, yeah. a
2: Salvo fan. Now
1: you're a Salvo <laughs> fan. Now I'm sorry. If you were a pain <laughs> fan, then, like that, like, uh, one of those children in the documentary was like, Pain, "Pain is the greatest rock and roll band of all time." But now, <laughs> but now they, I guess, they've been usurped by Salvo, the new greatest uh, yeah. rock and roll band of uh, all the time.
0: Philly, yeah, the Philly guys. And,
1: okay, so by the time this comes out, uh, we this might come out yet before uh, the album is released. Uh, we assume that when it's released, uh, what's the the release date again?
0: August twenty fourth. It'll stream on August twenty sixth.
1: Right on, so hit up Asbestos Records' website. I'm sure you can find them on all the socials as well. Uh, Salvo also is on social media. Uh, By this record, I'm excited to hear it because I've just rekindled my love of what some may call the greatest rock band. Um, (laughs) It's, again, thank you so much for spending this time with us.
3: Uh, Hey, thank you. We really
0: appreciate it. We really do. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. Never gonna understand what the fuck in it wrong
1: Listener Feedback is a segment where you, the listener, get the chance to speak your mind, offer corrections, and otherwise join the conversation. If you want to submit feedback to the show, find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, or leave a message on the HornPod hotline. Dial 16, HornPod 15. Seriously, please do it. We, I think, I think we actually do have a couple of calls we didn't play. We will. We, I promise we will but please call more call, call about pain, call about what we're about to talk about in the Scott cannon later, uh, right now, actually do like, <laughs> <laughs> because we don't have a listener feedback segment, uh, in this episode. So we're going right into the Scott cannon. Uh, and, but you can call us after you listen to the Scott cannon and tell us what we, what we did absolutely right. And if you, we, you think we did something wrong, you can call us and tell us that too. 16 horn pod 15 easy for
2: real. I really think that, um, uh, this is going to be one of our more controversial Scott Cannon conversations too. Mm, could be. And so I, I think if you've got any kind of thoughts that you want to commit uh, to tape, just just go ahead and give us that call, sixteen Pod fifteen for sure. So uh, yeah, like I said, uh, maybe this is going to be a con- controversial con- controversial conversation, but uh, but uh, C- we're cannon, not we're not scared.
1: Cannon traversal.
2: Canon I think that's what tripped me up. Is this Ska Cannon traversal? Ska uh,
1: <laughs>
2: The Ska oh, Cannon is a segment where we, two Ska aficionados, decide which albums will be accepted by all future Ska scholars as key to shaping the ongoing definition of Ska. Tonight, on the Ska canon. <laughs> I just want to remind you that this is this is not a segment where we decide what is and is not ska like we really we really are judging all kinds of music and and how that shapes ska
1: right matt yes i i agree and i understand why you're being so heavy-handed with this clarification <laughs> <laughs> Uh,
2: tonight we're gonna be discussing uh, Streetlight Manifesto and maybe s- surrounding bands uh, uh, related to Streetlight Manifesto, right?
1: Yes. I think yeah. well, we, we talked about like do we include bandits of the acoustic Revolution? Do we include Thomas's solo music? I think, like, I've decided for us between when we talked about this last and when we started recording. Oh, all right. Sure. What did you decide? We absolutely need to talk about Bandits of the Acoustic Revolution as part of Mm -hmm. this. Uh, But -hmm. his solo music is not necessary. And, I mean, we're obviously going to mention that he came from Catch-22, but Catch-22 is a separate conversation. Okay, a separate conversation. So we're talking Street Late Manifesto and Bandits of the Acoustic Revolution together no one will catch us I will catch ourselves and when we run we no one will run forever understand meant. yeah okay so let me when uh when were you first what was your first exposure to his music post catch 22 oh uh, let's
2: see oh because, that would have been bandits because, of the acoustic revolution when they released yes. that record i was like what the hell is this it blew my mind, and then I kind of worked backwards from there. So I was a little late to the game, um, okay. And you know what? I would, I would, I would not really consider myself a Streetlight Manifesto fan, okay. But as I'm like looking back, the like I said, we we did some hard listening this week. Uh listening, listening back to the discography, I, I know it all. Like uh, this is this is not like strange music to me. This is not unfamiliar yeah. music to me. Like, I, I I think it's just that I I didn't go to a lot of shows. I did not like follow like the. Uh, the kind of you know drama that was going on and all that stuff like so I, I think I'm just like more of a fan of the music. Were you and, a catch maybe... twenty-two
1: fan already at the time or no? No,
2: I was I was not into that kind of thing when they were doing their thing. Like because
1: yeah. because for me, here's my experience. I catch twenty-two was a very I, I really liked catch twenty-two by the time the, the new century was beginning. And this was after they'd already gone through a couple of different lead singers and then thomas announces this bandits of the acoustic revolution this was before there was even a mention of street late manifesto it was this botar EP. oh and so actually, i was even late to the botar EV, i guess yeah actually i want to show this to you because i went and found it they made this handmade like cardboard and tape with a booklet cd kind of thing Like there's there's all these pages with lyrics and a manifesto, Mm -hmm. but it's all like electrical tape and cardboard as and like stickers for packaging. But like, so I I think I did like a free download they were offering. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was just up for nothing, right? Yes, I believe so. Okay. Uh, but like, let me. I want to read you some of the some of what's in this. Um. Yeah. In the Botar uh, CD booklet that came with their first EP. So this is the Acoustic Manifesto. The bandits of the acoustic revolution were gathered to record this project, a call to arms, as a response to the state of music today. Though we have nothing against what dominates the airwaves recently, it was agreed that something new and interesting is due to ourselves as musicians, since most of our instruments are rarely raised to play music of this style, however one chooses to classify it, as well as to those masses that grow weary of the prepackaged posing we see all too often on television, whether it be fabricated hunk bands or equally contrived rap metal groups. So a few handfuls of musicians gathered at various times in an impromptu home studio to record their part for what you now hold in your hands. Only instruments of a purely acoustic nature were used to, rev- to prove the strengths of simplicity. We hope you enjoyed as much as we enjoyed putting it together, Botar. the am- the revolution will not be amplified. <laughs> and then it's got weird. Uh, it's a
2: gorgeous record. It is, uh, yeah, it sounds like nothing else. And I, I all I've wanted since I've heard it is more of it. And yes. they've promised a few times and have never delivered, I guess they, maybe a couple shows. They've done a
1: couple of shows where it was like basically Streetlight Manifesto with an orchestra. <laughs> Uh, playing these songs and Streetlight Manifesto songs, and I'm guessing Catch-22 songs. Like, the same kind of things. Um, but, like, so I, I read that because this was the first thing he did after quitting Catch-22 was, mm-hmm. this, was this band. And it's so clearly not intended for the stage. Like, this wasn't supposed to be another punk band at all. This yeah. was, like, an artistic statement <laughs> and in later in the book uh it mentions all of their future plans including uh so it's, there's a page called on the horizon it says street late manifesto the blank, blank 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 diaries the second of the three k nights chapters it's been a while but it's finally underway in this episode we see a little bit of the old a little bit of the new and Visit streetlightmanifesto.com for more info. So that's the first mention of streetlight manifesto anywhere is in this book inside this huh. handmade Botar CD. You know what? It, it's just, it, well, we're going to get into it,
2: of course, but it is just empty promises with this guy.
1: He really does set like, cause there's also, there's all this other shit. So 99 songs of the revolution was also oh, announced right. in, in 2001. Uh, it's now 21 years old and they've uh, they've put out 11 songs <laughs> uh there was also supposed to be a band called man bites dog no idea what the fuck that was ever going to be because that didn't huh. turn up either <laughs> uh,
2: i'm seeing here on discogs that there is supposedly a second release by botar in 2018 called live
1: at the orpheum oh i'm guessing there's like a a bootleg recording of it i don't think they actually made a studio recording i still want to hear it of course i do yeah (laughs) i mean don't get me wrong And then Streetlight Manifesto came out a couple of years later, first with a six song demo and then an album and touring and all that. And I think that that was kind of accidentally successful. (laughs) The way that he's describing his vision in this first thing, this Bandits of the Acoustic Revolution EP, doesn't really sound like Streetlight Manifesto is meant to be its own thing or even meant to be the main thing. Right. As if Botar was the main thing. And that yeah, Street like Light Botar was the, the thing, thing. Right, like Streetlight Manifesto almost hmm. seems... Like it was planned to be the stage version of Botar, but then they ended up selling out their first few shows because why wouldn't they? They're, it's a former... It's the dude from Catch-22. I mean, they're, uh, they're, and, they're
2: poised to be more successful just by their structure, you know? Right,
1: like, and, and they've never... They've been a successful band from the first show. <laughs> like, they've never... I don't think they've ever had real struggles finding an audience anywhere (laughs) interesting just starting with the beginning of these of this project and kind of seeing how streetlight is almost a branch of it and i think that's kind of why this whole thing fell apart for one is because he because there was a
2: a too grand of a vision
1: he i think he was trying to do something artsy and then he got caught up in something normal playing songs on a stage Playing punks, yeah. playing electric guitar with horns on a stage is pretty standard compared to what he initially set out to do. It looks like this is all news to me. this is this is interesting stuff.
2: I don't know. first off, that ninety nine songs of the revolution that was that really twenty one years ago? I thought that was one of the last releases.
1: no. it was announced in this thing twenty one years ago,
2: oh, and it didn't come out until so this is this is this ten so on one hand, it would seem that he doesn't care to follow through on some of his promises. But on the other hand, it seems like he's willing to follow through almost no matter what, like, even if it's a total, what? what, I is, don't know. what is it? What is his deal?
1: I, I think there's a lot. I think there's a lot of <laughs> co- complexity behind this. And it, it uh-huh. there's even, there's even more like I can go deep into this because I I've heard, and I've actually heard a, a demo and I have no idea where to find it. Not a demo, like a live recording of catch 22 playing here's to life before thomas left the band hmm. so that's a very old song that was revived for bandits of the acoustic revolution and then by street late manifesto on their first album as well but catch 22 was playing that song and it made me wonder when i found that out it made me wonder how long before he put this bandits record together he was thinking about it because there are songs that kind of there's songs with strings on the second catch 22 record in very similar ways to like how the strings end up on the bandits of the acoustic revolution version of here's to life. And it's very eerie the way that some of the things overlap in time or kind of seem to go backwards in time and influence things before they could have Or almost like
2: he's reading from a playbook. And he's like, you know, like this is the way history was supposed to go
1: down. But like, uh, it turned out I had to do it with this band instead, or he quit catch 22 to go to college and then wanted to get back into music. And so he got back into music with this other stuff, but like before he quit and then got back into music, he was also working on new songs still. But even now, like the past 10
2: years, it feels like he's really slowed down, but like maybe not quite given up on the plan. You know, I also,
1: he was also like in that time. Yeah. They haven't released like streetlight hasn't released an album in nine years. Like it's been a long time since they've even released the
2: one. The last one wasn't even really released. Right. It was.
1: Kind of self-bootlegged, right? Well, yeah, I don't know. But I mean 2013 was their last release. In that time, they've had a couple of farewell tours, they're touring again this fall. Um, again, like I don't know, I don't know how much it, Thomas's idea of the future means anything. <laughs> because whenever he says something about the future, it almost never comes true. Also, the past like 10 years where they've been pretty inactive, I believe. They've been working on another Bandits of the Acoustic Revolution recording. And at one point, they did announce that there was going to be a Streetlight Manifesto album in 2022. Okay. That said, I mean, I don't, who fucking knows? Like, <laughs> maybe he's got four albums already ready to drop. And maybe he's got literally he's done nothing for 10 years. Who knows? What does make you wonder? Like, I mean, he's got to eat, right? Yeah. And I assume, well, I imagine he makes pretty good money on or off the road from this music now like this is okay. a really this is a this is a pretty lucrative band i mean they they haven't played in a couple of years but they're going on a tour with catlight this huh. fall like one of my friends uh one of my former bandmates was working as a as a merch guy for streetlight on a tour once and was like yeah they sell like forty thousand dollars in merch every day <laughs> oh my god yeah okay like, in like they make a fuckload of money in that band. Okay. And I'm not. I'm not saying a tour is enough to live off of for 10 years, but it's probably enough to live off. Like one one streetlight tour probably makes them enough money to fucking take it easy for a while. They're making and, more than Scott money. Yeah. Yeah. They're making like <laughs> yes. When I was first going to local ska punk shows in the early 2000s, uh, there was a fuckload of bands that were covering songs from that first Catch-22 album. Like, every band had a fucking cover of Keysby Nights. And so like so I know that Catch-22 was very influential, and Storyline Manifesto was very influential, regardless of whether or not what they're playing makes sense to call ska to me.
2: Just um, listening to Catch-22's Keysby Night, mm-hmm. those are almost just as as scott as a lot of the mu 330 i like uh as much as less than jake it sounds it reminds me of johnny sacco and um the blue meanies a little bit like it is it is just as eclectic as all that and it 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 has a lot of the same textures and even subject matter and and I'm just, I, mean, I I keep tripping on why people uh, draw such a hard line in the sand. I'm not going to say like, oh, y'all are being gatekeepers and all that shit. But like, it's always struck me as like that they are more not, of course, they're not Jamaican ska. And of course, they're not two-tone ska. But they've always struck me as enough third
1: wave to like, not not really nitpick either, you know? Well, like, and I know like, they've been, Thomas has been pretty explicit about the bands that have influenced him. And you can hear it even just like on the covers record that, you know, he loves Bad Religion and No Effects and Nirvana and also Paul Simon and some obscure troubadour from Eastern Europe or whatever. But he also like in the first there, there are bootlegs of the first couple Streetlight Manifesto shows that exist somewhere. And in the set lists of their first few shows were Saba by Mephiscopheles.
2: Oh, and, right
1: and hey by the suicide machines interesting <laughs> yeah and so like <laughs> so so clearly like they are there's a kinship right like there's they're not i, I definitely wouldn't say there's no they have nothing in common with third wave ska, right um because that's absolutely false well, and, and if you're and, talking and, about and communities,
2: like they're fully in the third wave ska community, you yes, know?
1: and they've they yeah, and they've done the Scott's Dead tour, and they've had any number of ska people on open their own headlining tours, and yes, like they're very much of the ska scene. I completely agree. We you still have to talk about the music as what the music is, in my opinion, and I think I think there is a difference between the first Catch Twenty Two record and the Streetlight Records. Um, because I think the first catch Catch-22 record is a lot simpler, and that makes it sound a lot easier to call ska. I think. Yeah. Because There's later a, he's because, adding more layers as he goes. Because yeah, the streetlight records, I mean, the 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 first one, everything goes numb, is still I mean, I'm pretty sure that's the one he was talking about as like the sequel to Keysby Nights. Yeah. And it sounds like Keysby Nights, but their second studio album. Uh, somewhere in the between is a world music punk record. (laughs) It's not ska, it's not really anything other than world music played as a punk band. (laughs)
2: Yeah, I yeah, it, it's it's Caribbean-ish guitars. It's almost African-ish guitars, but it's not fully it, you know. Yeah, and but at the same time, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like it's not helpful to call it rock with horns or brass rock or, or anything like that. Like, I, I really feel like we're we're kind of dealing with post ska here, like post third wave, like the, This this is of it. Um, okay. But it's like we've said in previous things, there comes a point where the sky has become so mixed in with other things that it's, it's become diluted. It's no longer, no longer has that essential core of, of sky, you know, Right. but, but I, I feel like it has to, it has you have to, to acknowledge. acknowledge it. Okay. And I feel like so many people are out here just like denying <laughs> denying streetlight skaness and I, I i i'm telling you like i was digging in so hard this week and like
1: i hear it i fucking hear the sky like am i crazy i mean okay <laughs> right? i i know what i hear i hear the sky but i don't hear the sky where everyone is hearing the sky there's a lot less sky than any than most people are willing to admit i honestly think if streetlight didn't play their guitar clean at all, nobody would ever call them ska. But that clean Whoa. guitar is not playing a skank. It's just strumming. Okay, that is something I wanted to get down to is, is,
2: is this a case of like, you have to actually know how to like read or play music to really hear the difference? Because what Because what I'm hearing is textures and not specific like drum rhythms and guitar rhythms and things like that.
1: I mean, maybe i as a person that knows music i can't i don't know how to tell you what you're lacking in knowledge <laughs> no but you it's know? like if
2: you're if you're sipping on coke zero and you don't you don't seem to notice that it's not coca-cola at first you know like no okay uh, fair yeah yeah uh I th-
1: but i think something's I think hitting that, the
2: sweet spot but it's not it's not this it's not exactly Scott that i'm
1: hearing. you know I, th- I think it's it's there's a lot of and maybe maybe post Scott is a reasonable thing to call it. A lot of <laughs> a lot of ways you can suggest ska after the third wave without playing ska. And I think Streetlight does that really fucking well. You can find exceptions that prove me wrong. There are songs that are very clearly attempting a version of a ska rhythm or a reggae rhythm in Streetlight songs. Absolutely without question. But right. when it gets double timed to the point where it's just strumming, it's it doesn't make sense to call it ska anymore other than it's fast music and clean guitar when it's Uh I just don't think that and when it's just fast music and clean guitar and you don't have literally anything else tying it to ska why the hell would you still call it ska uh because I don't think anybody could would even attempt to prove that Uh, but like I think that if you look at ska punk in general MU 330 or Johnny Sacco or whatever uh they lose the ska drum beat the bass almost always either more soul or funk or just rock and roll than Jamaican in ska punk. Yeah. So the only thing left really tying it to Jamaica is the ska is the skank on the guitar. Mm -hmm. And for, for like, and so many people would be like, no, it's got the skank. It's got like, it's got this upbeat thing. As long as you've got that, you're still playing ska. Streetlight doesn't do that in most of their songs. And, and it's, it's not a criticism it's not like i'm not expecting them to what they're doing is what they do and what they do is very good but yeah but it even in that
2: it's it's shaking hands it's it's like it's reaching across the aisle you know it's uh yeah. don't you think that that's a, a gesture in and of itself those moments those
1: <sighs> I, don't, I don't Thinking know. about
2: three-piece suits and bullets and
1: <laughs> well okay
2: but <laughs> don't you feel like it's trying to in some
1: way i genuinely don't i don't think no, he's okay. i don't think he's trying to appeal to the ska audience i think he i do think he is a, a ska audience i think he like he's clearly a ska fan uh-huh. that goes without saying I, no i don't think anybody would disagree with that thomas Kanaki likes ska but he doesn't fucking play <laughs> You try, you try to get by You're never gonna pull it off You shouldn't even try You're a wet cigarette You're always second back And i are never gonna give a shit About anybody but themselves You fight for them to realize There's more to life more to you this more, more than the eye. And when you're done your battle's you battles in one sit back, you smile And this is what you on your home you
2: That is something interesting too Is that I uh, remember Dave Hilliard In his uh, collection of essays Way back when Said something to the effect of how he thinks that maybe why Scott appeals to so many white people is because it, there is um, that kind of history of syncopated kind of oompa, klezmer, yeah, that, that onbeat kind
1: offbeat,
2: right? Yeah, um, get, that. that, that, that while it's that. not exactly a one-to-one ratio,
1: like it, it scratches that itch. Apart from the punk and grunge, like it's it's mostly European melodies and Latin rhythms <laughs> that are added to their punk, in my my yeah. opinion. I really wanted to go into my idea that Street Manifesto is specifically an ethnic punk band. In exactly the same way as Gogo Bordello or Flogging Molly. Uh I think Ooh, that Okay. I think that they are for instance like Thomas was born in Prague, Czechoslovakia. I didn't know that. Yeah. He's of that culture, like born there and recently from the Eastern Europe. Mm-hmm and um but like he's like very much a folk singer he's a storyteller and a folk singer he's influenced Mm. by folk singers and folk singers from the american jewish tradition and like eastern european traditions like he's really clearly into folk music yeah and so is bad religion so he's into bad religion that makes sense I've I've made jokes in the the Horn Pub group about Streetlight and Gogo Bordello are more similar than Streetlight and any other ska band, but I think that they are very specifically expressing a like a Slovakian or I don't know just Slavic in general uh, culture in the melodies of almost all of their songs, in a lot of the lyrics and a lot of the stories. Like the I think if we call it ska, we miss out on the on the actual, on, on the actual yeah the actual bloodline. cultural foundation yeah of what all of this a lot of this music is based on
2: that's very interesting yeah
1: but i think that i think that's an important thing to bring up and i just don't think it ever gets talked about and when it does get brought up like if i bring up that they're really a folk punk band which i think is accurate i think they are a folk punk oh. band like folklore like old shit like right <laughs> yes yeah, so I just I, I wanted to talk a little, just briefly remind everybody. Yeah, throw, put throw, it out, throw, throw out the idea. Hornpod knows that Streetlight Manifesto is a folk punk band. In addition to whatever else, that, in addition to being a a world music slash post ska band, they're a folk punk band as well. Uh-huh.
2: <laughs> but that's what I like. I love I love ska music because it connects me to all the other music. Like I honestly like it's got its it's got its tendrils fucking everywhere, and it's. Turned me on to so many, so many other kinds of music. So we're we're kind of saying a couple of things that are similar. We're 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 not quite in agreement, but we're 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 saying that this is a ska-ish band.
1: It's it's how would how would we justify putting them into? hmm? They're definitely of the ska scene. Okay. And I think that that also, like, the idea of a ska scene is different than ska music. And I think right. that when people say "A band is ska," they might mean not the music, but culturally, they're ska.
2: Yeah, when I hear people um talking about ska punk as almost like, "Hey, don't even like, don't even bring first wave into this. Don't even talk to me about that. That's not what this is. This is its own thing now. Right. Um. I think what they're talking about is kind of not just that it sounds different. Of course, it sounds different, but yeah. that this is such a community that this is such a scene of itself that like you almost don't need to hearken it back. It doesn't need to be the third wave. It's its own thing. I, I guess I, I'm talking myself into this term post ska even more. Like, I do you know, kind of, I do kind of
1: like <laughs> post ska. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> because it is, it really does kind of fit. It's like, these are the people that came up on Ska Music, whether it was in the 90s or the 2000s or the 2010s even. And they're using that to make something new. And they're not sticking to any kind of rhythm or any kind of look, um, but they're using it to inform some kind of new approach to their music. So who who out there is... is is would you say is
2: directly influenced by streetlight or, or Thomas?
1: It's hard. To, it's hard for me to say that because I don't know how many, I don't know if there's any like bands that have longevity that I I could say, are like, that's definitely a streetlight influenced band.
2: Like here, we've got this band. Like when I did the Scott show on the radio, uh, they, they had to be next to real big fish, probably the most requested band.
1: Yeah. I'm not surprised. Uh, about that. I think that I would get, I think that with, I think that they're, arguably the most successful ska band that's never had like mainstream coverage of it, it hasn't ever. broken
2: yeah so i guess so we're talking ska Cannon. they're not exactly carrying the torch and they're not exactly passing the torch do they do they have a place in this ongoing definition of ska that we talk about
1: well you know what i'm willing to bet that there are people who are listening to Ska, maybe people that are listening to this podcast, that got into it because they got into Street Late Manifesto first. Hmm. Okay. So there's still a gateway to to Ska. I think they may still be functioning as that, which is hard to quantify, which is hard to credit like an album. Right. (laughs) Ska canon for that. But I think that might be their actual function now. Well, maybe we start with what is definitely
2: not scott cannon i would say the last two records for sure all right so not
1: cannon you want to start not cannon
2: well i think it's easy to to shave a few of these off the list yeah no i agree um
1: (laughs) so you want to i think
2: i think the last two uh records uh 2013's the hands that thieve and 2010's "99 Songs of Revolution" Volume One are very light on the sky, and maybe not not all that influential on anybody.
1: I, I 100% agree. I will tell you, "The Hands That Thieve." Actually, these two records are the two I know the least. Mm-hmm, me too. So yeah, like so, I I, right. I I mean, I obviously heard these two records. I listened to them again recently. Um, I was listening to "The Hands That Thieve" right before we started talking. And I just, I don't love the hands of Thieve. And I think that 99 Songs of Revolution, especially after what we were promised, 99 Songs total, none,
2: none of the, it's all, 99 Songs is all covers. And yes. it just doesn't, none of them hit me as like any better or worse than the originals. Like they're just, I don't know. Absolutely unnecessary. <laughs> yeah, So, we, so what we're left with is the the early three, and even there, I say Keysby Knights is like a full on cover. It's just a way to get his rights back. Is it is it is it worth it, or is that or is that the one? Am I am I wrong? Is that like is I mean that the masterpiece
1: for me? I I I don't think that the, that record needs to exist either. I think that both of their albums have covers, even though, I mean, I know it's weird calling some uh, an album a cover album when the songwriter is the one covering it, right? But, I, I don't think either of them are justified either them re-recording their first catch 22 record or re-recording all of these random covers. It was just to get his songs back, right? Well, yes, Recording Nights. That was... is why, yes. Keysby Knights was re-recorded uh, as I understand it because victory records wanted to release a 10th anniversary version of it. And Thomas okay. was like, no, I don't want you to just resell my songs. I'm going to redo it and do it better. Uh, okay. <laughs> I don't think that I don't, I know that the streetlight version of Keysby Knights is like just higher fidelity in general. It just it's cleaner, it's tighter. It doesn't. It's not justified still to me. It, does,
2: it doesn't like, strike me as too too different.
1: No, it's it's so it's so insignificantly different that like to even compare them is frustrating. <laughs> It's so slight that I don't even know if I'd tell the difference between the original if I wasn't listening to them back to back.
2: Uh, so that leaves us with uh, Streetlight's first record from 2003, Everything Goes Numb. Mm-hmm. and Somewhere in the Between from 2007. Yeah, sorry. Exactly. And yeah. both of those are records I really love. I'm really glad that we're kind of in agreement uh, so far, so good.
1: Yeah. And, uh, I, and what we're and- into here. For the record, I love both of these records a lot as well. All right. So, so now, now we- let's judge ju- ju- <laughs> them on <all> their merits. <laughs> oh. <laughs>
2: Are we overlooking should we be putting Botar and in, into the Sky Canon?
1: Look, I don't need feel like I need to say a lot about that Botar album that we haven't already said, but I think it absolutely belongs in the ska canon just for being as fucking audacious as it is. <laughs> and and as you said, like even if, if we're calling it post ska, so be it. I think as an artifact of post ska, yeah. something Ooh, that goosebumps. What, what if you took what if you took ska, took out all the amplification, put in the orchestra. That's post yeah, ska. No, that's fucking groundbreaking.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's elevated third wave. Uh, yeah. All right, bandits of the acoustic revolution. A call um, to arms. A call to arms for for all the reasons for for the fact that uh, that it just knocked me and Matt out for for the fact that that it, it is maybe like one of the highest heights for this uh, new genre we've decided to put a stamp on of post ska. Yeah.
1: Um, <laughs> it's audacious. It's beautiful. It is such a beautiful record it's beautiful it's lush uh the lyrics even like are like if there's only four songs plus one uh-huh. intro here's to life incredible lyric like the entire song it's a wonderful mm-hmm. life incredible wonderful life. song it's such a great song like just a so fucking good. stunning like of any genre just a stunning piece of music <laughs> this is such a tight great selection of songs and just like the size of it with the strings and the piano and all of the shit like it's just, I, I don't know I, I loved yeah. I love this record I still love this record and I I it, it feels like an honor to have been around when they when this album came out uh-huh. like imagine dying before you heard post ska that has been a wonderful life.
2: All right, so, so Botar is in. Botar is in the now. canon. Do we put Streetlight in, or is it is it too controversial? Have we done enough? Uh,
1: I feel like- You know I've... it's gonna
2: get us the numbers if we do it.
1: <laughs> All right, do we want numbers or do we want feedback? <laughs> well, I, you know, okay, we gotta have- If we're talking this first Streetlight record, everything mm-hmm. went numb. Everything goes numb. Goes numb. I like it a lot. I listened to this album fucking nonstop in 2003. And it doesn't really sound like anything that came before it, except for that first Catch-22 record, which even then doesn't really prepare you for like a six and a half minute punk song. (laughs) Yeah, because this record is so much bigger than the Catch-22 It's bigger, yes. Yes, yes. Yeah, this is a groundbreaking album, not nearly as groundbreaking as Bandits was, but I still feel pretty comfortable saying in terms of ska punk or punk or post ska, this album stands alone. Like if you disconnect some hangups about some shit, I think that this is a no brainer. Yes. Album, honestly,
2: (laughs) I, I, like I said, I, I I don't think that the Scott Cannon needs to be just straight down the middle Scott. It needs to be if you want to go through the Scott Cannon, it's what's going to give you that experience of knowing all of it. I think you got to hear Streetlight to hear all of it. I really do. I think it's I think it's what comes after Scott. I think it's post
1: third wave. <laughs> and I think <laughs> it is. Uh... And I honestly think if we have a Scott Cannon that has dozens, hundreds of albums and Streetlights, not one of them, it's going to look so fucking petty. like it's (laughs) right it's really gonna look like they they didn't do their work on this and they made a decision like based on something else what side of history do we want to be on right we have to decide (laughs) we're we're ranking history here jj all
2: right so you you as uh, comfortable as as uh i am with this uh putting everything goes numb into the canon yes all right i feel good about it 2003s everything goes numb off of victory records right
1: yes i mean it's no longer on victory records because they've bought all their music back from victory records so But it was originally Risk it was Group. yes it was originally released on victory all right so now we've got this tricky situation about somewhere in the between which i uh, think do, is the better
2: album it is uh, in a lot of ways uh <laughs> in a lot of ways better
1: would you be upset if i told you we were dying and every cure they gave us was a lie. Oh, they made it when they say we're dead and dooms. And everything the brings us closer to the tomb. And who will take the credit for a and blending fall because it's not my fault. Would you be impress if a sense of the dead would help us now? It's
2: so weird that I almost think of this as the new stuff
1: still. they're not fucked up? I no, I, the weird thing is is I kind of do too. I think that the that some uh that everything goes numb sounds still like the 90s and this album doesn't and I think that this is where Streetlight Manifesto started becoming their own thing not the sequel to Catch-22 and that's why it sounds like the new Streetlight because the old Streetlight just sounded like Catch-22 Ah, okay as an album as a whole it's not as cohesive and I think there are some songs that are a little bit I don't don't know as as a whole I don't think that they're all great songs yeah Uh, at, at least like lyrically but I think musically they are. If that oh, makes sense. Okay.
2: Uh, so you're, you're, I see you're doing a yes vote on on
1: this one. Well, I don't know. It's hard to say. It matters as much as everything goes numb, but it's definitely better than everything goes numb in my opinion. What a complicated conversation we're having about this band.
2: <laughs> I guess where I'm at now is I have I feel like I'm not gonna have any regrets saying no to it because we've got Mm -hmm. botar in there we've got the first record i feel like the representation is there and now the rest is you're right you're right you're right how much do we love it is is really what we're at now you know
1: i think that we've we've already rejected albums of both of us like way more than this
2: and (laughs) and so
1: so we might as we we it's okay so we're we should just say no to somewhere in the between i think i at
2: least will even if you want to vote yes no uh, no 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 i i I do
1: think i do think no i i agree i think that that's the right i think we're we've made the right choice here all right (laughs) i like that we don't
2: fight about it anymore we come to a consensus
1: yeah you're like no i'm uh i'm easy what's the matter
2: (laughs) all right bandits of the acoustic revolution are in streetlight manifesto is in Uh, It doesn't matter what anybody says from here on out. If uh, someone's saying that they're not Ska, uh, just point them to our show and we'd be happy to explain to them how they how they are. Uh, Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to. To be talking streetlight on this episode, I'm glad to be talking to our uh, to our guests uh, from from Salvo and Payne. Check them out.
1: Yeah, this this is an episode I really didn't see us doing quite like this, and I'm so happy that it came together like it did. Yeah, yeah, I've, I, I kind of yeah
2: fun with with yeah. Just uh, yeah, I just kind of threw it out there. I was like, well, we're talking to one non ska band. Why don't we uh, maybe talk another non ska band for our for canon?
1: Yeah, just so, go. You know, all we up. got a theme. <laughs> you always gotta have a theme. Sometimes the theme's not ska.
2: Maybe we should talk about Rocksteady or something next week, huh?
1: Eh, we could go something Jamaican. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that'd be nice.
2: All right. Uh, Well, yeah, let's get together sooner than later, okay, Matt?
1: Okay. Uh, Should we do some kind of sign-off?
2: Oh, right. So, like I said, thank you to the boys from Salvo for being here. The new record's out in just about a week or so here. And this concludes another episode of Hornpot. If you're into this sort of thing, just go tell your friends. Help us become the world's top ska podcast by leaving us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. That's the one that matters. Hmm. But more than anything, please just keep coming back. Please keep coming back for another episode of PornPod. We
1: swear we'll do more. And keep circulating the tapes. Tell every, like Record these to cassettes and hand them out to your friends, all of these episodes. Make it an underground thing. <laughs> S- sell it in the, the bootleg section of your, your local independent record store.
2: Absolutely. All right, Matt. You have a great night, man.
1: You too. Thank you so much. All right.
2: We'll talk soon. Okay, bye. Right, bye bye.